It is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. And I just noticed now that we're recording the Penguin Show, we also have our personals in, in on our YouTube video if you're watching it. So you can see Zachary Smith, PGH, and Weiler underscore Teeks 33. Those are our Twitter handles. And I think it's that's basically our, our handles on everything as well. Um, yeah. So you can go follow us on on our so- personal channels, or not channels, personal socials. Actually, you can follow Smitty's personal channel on YouTube as well, Zachary Smith hey, hey, yeah. on there as well. So, so go follow that, uh, but follow around the 412 everywhere you are on social media. And while you're listening to this episode, whether you're on a listening platform like Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you find this podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, go check out the description. We got links to a Facebook and an Etsy. Everything custom designs is our friend Haley Wagner's small business. She does customized clothing for, for you, yourself, your family, your friends. If you have a gift coming up, check her out. We've got she got some pretty cool designs, a lot of holiday designs that we've seen in the past couple months. Holidays not really uh, in right now, but she might have a design that's built for you. So go check out some of the links in the description. We've got Facebook and Etsy. Again, this is the Penguin Show. If you have not already, go check out our Steelers show, and you can hear about everything with the upcoming playoff game that the, the Penguin or the Steelers, excuse me, have against the Buffalo Bills. Here's Smitty and I's thoughts on that, um, and that is also on YouTube, and you can probably see that in a, a recommended video. But this is the Penguin Show, so let's talk pens. This is the Penguin Show, and Josh Getzoff ever so graciously bringing us into this Penguin Show, as he does every single episode of Around the 412. Uh, three games since we last talked that the Penguins have played, beating the Boston Bruins, losing to the Buffalo Sabres, and beating the Philadelphia Flyers. The thing is, uh, they're playing really good hockey. You know, they have that 3-1 loss to the Buffalo Sabres. Don't know if you watch that one. Those ones that are over the weekend might be, you know, tough to gauge, but... Um, put up 40 some shots in that one it seemed like upl the goalie for the sabers was really just standing on his head that was kind of the sentiment that i got from everybody i only watched about a half of the game um one for five on the power play as well in that one yeah yeah there you go that's once again you know been a recurring theme for sure but at 5v5 they played very well and just couldn't find the back of the net seemingly but the penguins again i'm i think if they just continue to play this way just keep sticking with it they're going to gain ground. Like the problem is they've played so well over the last month and a half. It just seems like nobody's really losing. Like you look at this division, it's just insane. Everybody in the Metro just keeps winning. They're all so close to each other other than maybe like, obviously the Rangers got a little bit of a gap there when you consider that they've also played one less game than the hurricanes in second place. And they have five points on them. Um, But you know, my prediction for the Rangers not making the playoffs, by the way, is looking awful right now. What's funny is like, they're the complete, yeah, they're still really good on special teams, but they haven't gotten anywhere close to the performance in net from Edor Shostakin that they have in the past, and they're still in this position. Jonathan Quick's been really good behind him uh, when called upon, but yeah, they're they're a different team than what I expected we would see this year. Um, but yeah, the Penguins, which is crazy to see that they are second to last in the Metro. But if you look at the wild card, they're in literally in front of every single team from the Atlantic that's not at the top of their division. Um, and then obviously the Blue Jackets far and away the worst team in the Metro down there at the bottom. But yeah. like 
very clear to me, Metro much more competitive than the Atlantic. I think the Penguins are fine as they keep winning. You got to figure something's got to give here with these teams that are in front of them. They've looked good against these teams. Like, can't get into a 4 0 hole against the Capitals, obviously, and expect to be able to climb back out of that. But valiant effort to do so just couldn't come all the way back. Um, but yeah, when you when you match up the way that they did against the Bruins, the way that the Flyers have played this year, I, I think that the Penguins have come along nicely here. I think that they're in an okay spot. I did too. I mean, it's, it's hard to really complain about the way they've played as of late. It just sucks that everybody else keeps winning too. I mean, there's there's the Devils and the Capitals both have a game in hand, but they're they're tied at 44 points with both of those teams right now. And and then when you look ahead of them, they're only five points behind the Hurricanes. So you, you feel comfortable still about where they're at despite looking at the standings and seeing, oh, they're second to last in the Metro according to the standings. Well, there's there's a lot more to it when you look above too. They, they're closer They're closer to the top than they are to the bottom. Um, and also, I thought it was curious too after our uh, conversation last week about the Penguins that it, the, the games that they won since we last spoke, Nedeljkovic was the starting goalie in both of those games. And... Not to say that Jari played bad in that Buffalo game. I don't think he did, but it's just mm-hmm. just curious that we talked about him. Maybe he should get some more run as a starter, and and maybe like more split down 50-50, Whether you're 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 giving it to Jari Nedeljkovic, and in both of the starts of the past week, he's gotten the win. Yeah, that's true too. You know, I wasn't even honestly thinking about that because I don't think the performance in net has been. Uh, Bad, regardless of which one it's been. Although and the Dutch did give up five in that game against Boston, but um, you know they gave up a shorty. I don't think that they were. Not that I want to say, and not that I want to like give an excuse, but it's like it's also Boston too. But and, and yeah, and, and Boston yeah. gave up six to the Pens, so it's like yeah, and, it, and the it, Penguins it, largely outplayed them. I, I mean, they outskated them for the better part of that game, and they looked like the more dominant team. Boston came out flying, scored like what thirty seconds in or something. Marchand scores, but then after that, the Penguins kind of took control of that game and thought were dominating the ice. Other than obviously, when you look at it on the final scoreboard and see six five, um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, and the tests don't stop. They got the Canucks coming up in their next game. They got the Hurricanes, and and that's the thing I was going to bring up is. We haven't seen a ton of division games, and we don't even see a ton of them in the very near future. So you look, man, like there's going to be like March, April, a lot of four-point games that this team's going to be playing. Like they're going to be playing a lot of very, very, very important hockey games uh, post-trade deadline. Uh, absolutely. I mean, looking at just the past or the, the last two months of the season and looking at the uh, division opponents that they're going to be playing. I mean, there's a, there's a stretch in the end of March to beginning of April where you go Carolina, Columbus, Columbus, New York, New Jersey, Washington, all in one go. stretch. That's a huge stretch of the Metro. Was, and then this even- a, was this a conscious effort by the NHL scheduling-wise to kind of load up the division games on the back end of the schedule like this? Because it feels like more so this year than others. They just aren't playing teams in the division right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe it, it is. Uh, may, maybe they took uh, a page out of like the NFL's book, where it's like obviously like the NFL's last last game of the season. That's a, pretty much always a division opponent, and it's like a rivalry game. And maybe they wanted it to be obviously you play way more games in hockey. So, but maybe gearing up towards the end of the season and getting into the postseason, you want to have some of the, your more competitive games and it's more interest for the NHL to have some of the guys that are going to be fighting for playoff position in their own divisions with that. So that would make sense. But I'm looking at this stretch that I just talked about, dude, mid March 
holy, I mean, mid-March to the end of the season is going to be rough, and the Penguins are going to have to be on their A game. I'm just going to go game by game from March 16th to the end of the season. You are home against the Rangers. You're home against Detroit. You're at New Jersey, at Dallas, at Colorado. You're home against Carolina. You're home against Columbus, at Columbus. I think, that yeah, home and home. And then you're at New York Rangers, at New Jersey Devils, at Washington Capitals, home against the Tampa Bay Devils, or not Tampa Bay Devils, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. You're at Toronto, home against Detroit, home against Boston, home against Nashville, and then you close out the season at New York against the Islanders. Jeez, yeah. Like that, that is a, a I don't know how many games I just reeled off, but that is a tough mm-hmm. stretch to close out your season, especially for a team that's going to be fighting for playoffs. So obviously every point matters. And we saw that, especially last season where you didn't make the playoffs, that every single mm-hmm. point as of right now matters. But when you get to that stretch, it's going to be a gauntlet for when it comes to some of these points, especially because you half of the games I just named are going to be divisional opponents. It's it's going to be right, like, really tough. Not only are they going to need the two points, they're going to have to prevent the other teams from getting two points. Like that, that it's a four-point game. Um so yeah, I mean, huge, huge stretch obviously to to look forward to uh there on the back end of the schedule. But, you know, how did we get to this point? How how, how are the Penguins back into the the thick of things? Again, seemingly uh, if you just look on the surface and see their seventh in the Metro, it seems crazy to say, but realistically they are, you know, they're back in the mix, uh, certainly for, for not just the Metro, but the wild card spots as well, certainly in the thick of things. Uh, what has, what has clicked all of a sudden over the last month and a half or so for this team that they only have uh, five regulation losses really within the last six weeks? Well, I think one thing they're figuring out their lineup better. Um, and finally moving off of Riley Smith on the second line and, and putting Drew O'Connor up there. Like Riley Smith had been struggling, so I think that's clear. But I think that the lineup honestly was a big part of that. Um, and, and I think that they're figuring that out. But to me, it just looks like they are competing better um, at 5v5. That, and that's something that I don't think that was the case. And whenever you had the the penalty or not penalty struggles, the pl- power play struggles that they did. If you're not competing well at five V five, then you're not going to be winning a lot of hockey games. If you can't score on the power play too, obviously they, they're not really scoring a, a, a alarmingly rate or a good rate on the power play, but they're scoring more consistently on the power play that they did. Obviously would like to net a few more, but what I think has really increased is their five on five play. I think that they're better in their zone at five on five. Um, making life easier for their goaltenders um, most of the time. And I think that their they're five-on-five, like their forechecking is more noticeable, I feel like, and their more sustained offensive zone pressure, I feel like, is more noticeable. So overall, five-on-five to me is the main thing that is more noticeable over the past like six weeks that's gotten better. Sure, they're, they're, they're scoring a little bit more on the power play, but even with their power play sc- struggles that they had where they went 0 for 30-something, they still weren't scoring at 5-on-5, five five, and I think that's part of the problem. They they figured that out more. Yeah, I think the power plays like has a pulse at, at the very least now. Like There's times where they can – they had a really nice uh, – execu- actually, a lot of the power plays in this game against Philly, this most recent game, looked good. The one that they struck on was a great passing play, Gino with a no-look uh, across – um for the finish on that one but i think yeah 
I think it largely is due to the 5v5 and finding good combinations. They've gotten pretty solid goaltending throughout. The one thing that still scares me is the defensive combinations. Um, I, Notice I still, how I didn't say those. Yeah, I still wouldn't. I, I think that Pedersen should be playing with Carlson. I think that's probably the best pair that they can throw out there. Um, you know, w- whether you want to play POJ or Ryan Graves up with Latang, I, I don't really care between those two. Um, and then the other one with Chad Rubito, obviously. But I think Pedersen Carlson is like a must-have pairing for me, um, just to be able to stabilize what Carlson does and let him play the way that he wants to. Uh, him being with anybody else, like POJ right now or Ryan Graves, like he was prior, just scares the hell out of me. The idea of it. So uh, certainly going forward would not be what I want them to continue to do, but they're doing it right now. Uh, yeah, I think the goaltending has been good. You mentioned Riley Smith dropping down to the third line. I hope that can get him going. He has not really, he's kind of been a no-show for the better part of a couple months now. Uh, very deserving. Drew O'Connor moving up a spot, going into the top six for that. Hopefully, you know, Riley Smith, I, I don't think he's playing with slouches. Like, you know, going down there to play with Lars Eller and Valtteri Pustinen, who have been two pretty solid playmakers this year and been able to drive play. Maybe they are what Riley Smith needs to kickstart him and get him going again. So uh, that'll be interesting to see as well. But uh, yeah, we kind of got our our answer in terms of how things would shake out with Brian Rust and Ricard Raquel healthy, how that would shake out. It was Pustin and going down to the third line, which is probably what we expected, but didn't necessarily want to see right away. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I, I don't think it's necessarily been a bad move, you know, kind of still waiting for Brian Ross to find his way back onto the score sheet since the couple games that he's gotten back into the lineup. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're they're playing competitive hockey night in and night out. They don't look out of place. Uh, I, I think largely it's due to, and, and, you know, we credited Jesse Marshall when we were talking about this before, and I don't know if it's been the exact same, but they're not playing the same type of game that's predicated solely on speed that they just they realize they're not able to do anymore. Um, they're playing more of a style that fits the roster that they have right now to the point where, you know, guys like Jeff Carter isn't even a black hole. Noel Achari's, you know, been a solid contributor for them in the capacity that they're playing. And then obviously as a fourth line center, killing penalties, winning faceoffs. Like, I feel like they just have found a balance where everybody kind of has a spot, if you know what I mean. And nobody's been a black hole. Yeah. I, and that, that's kind of like what I was trying to say too, whenever I was saying that they figured out their lineup. Like it, it feels like the the bottom six specifically because that's the part that we've been really harping on the entire season and all off season realistically is um it it doesn't feel as bad to me it, it feels more put together than it did just like a month ago um and obviously I, I still think think that there could be work to be done to improve this roster and I'll be curious to see over the next month or month and a half what we're going to do in terms of uh like trade deadline and call-ups and all that sort of stuff and what what happens there. But I I think that they're trying to figure out a formula and it has been working as of late to get the best out of their players. Um, Also, as of note, I just, I I like having Raquel up on the top line. Um, You mentioned Russ. Five five goals in the the last eight games after not having one before that. Yeah. And also back-to-back power play goals as well in in, in back-to-back games. Uh, So good on him. I, I agree with you in the defensive pairings. And if I was going to probably make my own pairings, I would put Pedersen back with Carlson. I easily think that's the best pairing that they have. And I, I think that that was the best when it was together. I think they should go back to that and keep that as that second pairing. I would put POJ up on the top pairing with Latang. I think you've seen mm. some success from that in the past. Um, 
I I think that there's it would be willing I'd be willing to give it more of an extended look um outside of just a few games. I think I would I would want to see how they look long term as as that pairing. And mainly it's not necessarily just because of POJ. I want POJ on the top pairing, but I really just don't want Ryan Grace back on the top pairing, if I'm being completely honest. And I would be more fine with him staying where he's at and, and being with Chad Ruweedel and kind of sheltering his minutes on the ice and giving POJ some more run on that top pairing. But I agree with you wholeheartedly that that Marcus Pedersen needs to be back with Eric Carlson. I think that it was easily their, their best defensive pairing. And I think it's a shame that they're taking that away just to try to um, improve their, their pairings throughout, which like, don't get me wrong. I totally understand, but it's kind of like if, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like don't, don't touch that pairing just because you need to fix something. Just, just put, I would put POJ up at that top pairing and leave Pedersen where he was on that second pairing. Yeah, I obviously agree. I mean, I, I mentioned that uh, first talking about the defensive pairings, but um, I will say the one thing that I mentioned about the entire lineup, really, uh, not to harp on just one guy, but like if I was changing one guy out, Jansen Harkins, like I, I don't know that he's bringing enough to warrant continuing to have a spot there. I'm not saying that I look at everybody and it's like, oh, this guy has to score double digit goals or whatever, but like this is a guy that's played 24 games so far this season, zero goals, three assists. And like, I'm not seeing enough of an impact in other ways to justify yeah. that. I just I think that you know there's probably a handful of guys at the AHL level right now that I would give a shot to to see if they can provide something more than that. I mean, just looking at the AHL roster right now, um, I would give that shot to Vinny Hedestroza. I would give that shot to Colin oh. White. I would honestly, I would give another shot to Alex Nylander. Um, like there, there's multiple guys that you could, Jonathan Gruden. Well, Col- I think there's, there's Colin White's guys. the one you mentioned that hasn't had a shot at all so far. Colin White's the season, and so. Colin White preseason to me was one of the more intriguing offseason acquisitions that I thought could be a, a a someone that sticks around in that bottom six because he was he was brought in on that PTO and um obviously stuck around but he hasn't had a shot at the NHL level. He would be the one to me where I would either him or Hennestros would be the two that I would bring up to to replace Harkins. A lot of speed. I mean, either one of those options bring a lot of speed, but Colin White, that's pretty much it. The entire game is predicated on. Um, yeah, I mean, again, really nitpicking right now when you look at this lineup because of what they've been able to do and how they've played over the last six weeks. But if I'm looking at one change to make outside of the defensive pairings, just to the forward group, that probably is what it is. And, and again, like we're probably going to be sitting here in a month talking about, okay, where can we look for a trade upgrade uh, as the trade deadline approaches and stuff like that. I'm not really there yet with this team um, because right now I'd probably just give you a generic answer, like add somebody that could play in the middle six. Like you know, that's who knows? It might re- it might revert in in a month and a half. We're talking about trading Gensel, so we don't know. I, and you know what? Like we might be able, to, we might have that discussion. It's really hard for me to see the Penguins pulling in the trigger on that. I think we mentioned that last week. I could see more feasible the name to watch would be Riley Smith. I think I could see them offloading him before anybody else if they get in that position. Especially because he's been playing bad, so people can buy low. Yeah, he still has next year on his contract as well. So, you know, you have a little bit of control. He's not just a rental. Yeah. Hopefully we're not in that position and we're talking about adding somebody. 
We don't want to talk about Gibson. Yeah, and hopefully Riley Smith picks it up and starts playing really well. I mean, he started off the season so well with Geno. Hopefully he can find that chemistry again, whether it's with Geno or uh, down on the third line with somebody else. Um, anything else as it relates to the Penguins? A little bit shorter of an episode. Um, but I think we uh, Nothing, just another th- a three-game stretch that we're going to be uh, talking about the following week. They have uh, a game against Vancouver at home on Thursday, which is going to be the day that this comes out. I'm trying to think about how we're recording this. Is that, yeah. the, is that, that's right. Vancouver. That's right. Yeah. The day this comes out, they'll be yeah. playing Vancouver. Uh, and then they are at Carolina on Saturday. And then on next Monday, they're home against Seattle. And then is that the all-star break? Is that, or, or when is the all-star break? Is that coming up? Um, Because I noticed that they don't have a game from Monday to Saturday. So I'm just curious. Hmm, no, that can't. It's probably the end of. So they don't. They play on January twenty seventh, and then they don't play until February sixth. So I'm guessing that's within there. Oh, okay. That's, but that, um, that, yeah, that, that's probably it then. But it's another long break because they play. They yeah. play Seattle on Monday, and then they don't play again until Saturday when they play at Vegas. The Canucks though, uh, twenty six, eleven, and three on the season. They're fifty five points in forty games, tied for second most in the entire NHL, and they are currently winning. Uh, their game that they're playing right now over the Islanders, which, by the way, so that's good. Thank you, Vancouver, for that. Um, hopefully, they continue to do that and then lose to us. But Vancouver's playing really good hockey, obviously, and I think that will be a good test to see where the Penguins are at. Uh, Carolina and Penguins always entertaining. We've been on the wrong end of those matchups more often than not as of late, but hopefully we can take care of business in that one. And then uh, Seattle, which is one of the more, just because they're new, I just enjoy playing them. So, uh, and then we'll be back to talk about those three games. So, all right. Anything else other than that? Nope. There we go. All right. Hit us in the comments how you feel about the Penguins' play as of late, how you think that you would put together their defensive pairings, how you feel about their lineup combinations right now, how you feel about the way they played over the last six weeks, how you feel about the goaltending situation, how you feel about anything Pittsburgh Penguins-related. Hit us in the comments. Uh, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening Apple, Spotify, wherever you may be doing so. Go check out another video, which should be popping up on your screen right now. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.